Thank you for listening to the podcast, for watching it on YouTube, or if you watch live on Twitch, on twitch.tv, Ron underscore Funches. We usually do it every Sunday or Monday at 12.15 p.m. Pacific, depending on my schedule and Halston's schedule. It feels like Monday's kind of our day now because we like having our Sundays off, more of a balance. So I'm going to say Mondays for, for, for the foreseeable future. We'll be doing this at Mondays about 12.15, 12.30. Uh, so if you want to get your day started your week started right with a positive push enjoy it then this is the place to be uh you know how to support me you can go to patreon.com slash getting better with ron and become a patreon supporter of the podcast you can get a shout out you can get uh thank you notes you can get t-shirts posters you can get your own personal affirmation just for you to pump you up and what you need you also can get your own exclusive episodes we have two episodes that are exclusive to the patreon and new one just posted today we had the charlene Yee episode and as well as the tamatanga episode and um you know i just flat out tell you the truth all the time it's not because i'm like ooh, these are mystical fun episodes that i want you to go pay for on patreon it's because anything when we, we kind of pride ourselves on the sound quality and the video quality of our show and if sometimes things get messed up but we still like the content we'll just throw them on the patreon as a bonus for you uh but you know we didn't feel that the sound quality was uh, for the Tama episode was up to our normal standards so we just threw it on the patreon there's a bonus for you so go over to patreon.com slash getting better with ron and hear some fun interviews with people like charlene yee Tama tonga uh and again you get all the other bonus things that come with be a patreon like shout outs who i owe some because i haven't done them in a while and i want to do some so let's do it adrian in wisconsin thank you for supporting the podcast i really appreciate you benjamin over in oregon and can be in can be wow the old stomping grounds i'm familiar with can be quite familiar keep doing good positive stuff out there in can be oregon they need it uh, <laughs> we got anna Anna, thank you so much from Texas. Thank you for supporting the podcast. You are a true queen, a wonderful person. People enjoy you. And those who don't enjoy you are merely jealous of the shine that you give off. <laughs> Nathan, thank you for supporting the podcast. No address given, but you know we still give you love. John in Washington, D.C., thank you for supporting the podcast. Thank you very much. Really appreciate you, John and Jackie. Uh, ooh, this is a fun name tiora Ooh, you seem like a fun mystical person from your name alone you seem beautiful and extravagant and worthy of riches so i appreciate you tiora oh let's see let's do a couple more e bernie thank you for supporting the podcast uh, bernie sanders i think it must be uh, zach thank you for supporting the podcast also Noah Drev given and oh funch bunch member Corey, thank you for being a patreon member of the podcast we truly appreciate it 
Um, if you want a shout out on the podcast, if you want, again, your own personal affirmations, your own hype man, your own cheerleader in your back pocket to pull out when you're feeling blue, go to patreon.com slash getting better with Ron. Um, other than that, you can go to comedianteas.com for my t-shirts. Please watch top secret videos on True TV. That's it. I think those are all my plugs. Let's get started. And you know how we like to do. I hope you're feeling strong. I hope you're feeling brave. Hope you're feeling loved and grateful for that love. Um, I've really been focusing on feeling brave right now because I feel as the longer I get isolated in this time period and this COVID and the lockdown and this pandemic, the more um, I'm fearful of going out and doing some of the everyday activities that I used to do. I got a job coming up, which is going to take me to do, do some work. And I'm quite frankly, I, I find myself having a bit of a bad attitude about it because I'm like, oh, I don't want to go do there. And I'm scared. And I realize, oh, it's, you're scared. Um, and that's OK. That's normal. Things have been different. It just feels weird to go out there. You know, nobody wants to get sick, especially I don't want to get it this close to possibly getting a vaccine. I don't want to go this far out and then not make it all the way. That sounds horrible to me. Um, But at the same time, you got to support your family. You got to do what you got to do and you got to be brave and live your life. And I think that's the one thing in any trauma. And this definitely what we've been going through is a trauma is to never let it take your your joy, never let it take who you who you are and the things that you like to do and and, and where you want to go. If you as long as you're acting safely and, and not going out there doing frivolous things, I'm not trying to go out there and do a bunch of uh, gigs in the middle of the country just to go pick up a little bit of money and stroke my ego. I'm not trying to do that. And not every comedian is doing that. Some comedians, they don't have alternate ways of making income and they got to hit the road. And I salute and I and I um, respect any comedian, and any worker who's out there who has to just get out there and do this no matter what. Uh, but I also salute the people who who have the ability to stay home and they choose to do that. So it's a little scary out there, but very much I'm grateful for my life. I must be brave. I'm going to go out there and do my job and try to be safe and, and come back home safely for my family, for my wife and my son, who I love very much. My wife and I just had our first date anniversary. Uh, the anniversary of our first date was yesterday. That's something she keeps a track of. I did not know that, <laughs> as as one could probably guess from gender uh, norms. <laughs> uh, but she told me about it. But either way, man, I'm just real lucky and happy and, and in love and love my family and blessed to have a family that truly supports me and loves me. My wife was sending me a... Uh, clips of my old stand-up from when I uh, was on my first Conan, my first Tonight Show appearance. And I was like, man, you know, the only other person who watches all my stuff like this is my mom. Like, you care about me like that. And I appreciate that. And I love her. And I love watching our our, um, bond continue to grow and build and get stronger past fact that I just, you know, think she's the most beautiful and thickest and sweetest. Uh, and, and I like that. I like that about my life. I like that as a new discovery within me. Because uh, I'm very much like a take it or leave a person. Like, I'm like, I'm going to be all right. <laughs> 
I love you. I'm glad you're here with me right now. But if you chose to leave, I'll be all right. Um, and now it's getting, which is scary, but now it's getting to the point where like, I don't know if I'd be all right. <laughs> I might be a bit fucked up. <laughs> If you weren't in my life, and that's good. That's that's a positive in a way, as long as you don't become codependent on people and relying on people for your happiness, you know? That's one thing I never understand in relationship is people. I mean, I do understand it because we are, we, we get sad, you get lonely, and you look for other people to provide you that happiness. And when you find someone that you think is going to do that for you, it creates this just immense amount of pressure that people can't live up to everybody's a regular human being everybody's gonna let you down in one way or another no matter what you know i've let my son down i've let my wife down i've let myself down and that happens in life that's just part of living um and but you just gotta as as one of my favorite philosophers or rappers says you, you carve your successes in stone and your failures in sand and you just move forward. And uh, I'm just happy with my life right now, but also scared and terrified. <laughs> which I think is pretty much how everybody feels, except for some people aren't happy with their life. But so which, you know, then I feel real bad if you're like unhappy in general and then also dealing with a pandemic. That's double suck. So, like, you got to at least deal with one of those things, you know? Like, you can't change the pandemic, but you can change how you act and how you, you respond to things and how you re react under pressure and becoming comfortable in uncomfortable situations. Uh, and just try and get better. And don't put it on somebody else. It's a personal responsibility. I'm not going to... I mean, even if you listen to this podcast and you're just like, oh, I listen to Ron every week and... and that's going to help me get better. I'm not, I know. <laughs> you were listening to the ramblings of a man who is trying to figure shit out himself. And I am in no position to tell you what to do or how to do things. And I'm in no position to be giving your personal power to me. Don't give up your personal power to anyone. If you are struggling, if you're in a bad spot, if you're in a good spot, that's all on you. That's, again, another comedian and philosopher that I've uh, uh, learned a lot from, Patton Oswalt. That you are where you are supposed to be. And that means both in the positive and the negative. If you are in a home that you love, if you have a wife that you love, a family that you love, and everything is going better than it be, was before, that's where you're supposed to be and you work to get there. And I talk about me. That's how I feel. I work to get fucking there. Hard work, therapy, jobs, weight loss, health, a lot of change in my life to get the position that I have a woman that I feel like I can't live without. And, and and the fact that her I, now I'm concerned about her health her living because I'm like I can't have you check out on me <laughs> but if you're in a position where you're not in a good spot if you're not enjoying what's going on in your life if you're not enjoying the people around you you feel like everybody around you sucks and you and you guys have bad company with you you are where you're supposed to be you brought that into your life these people are a reflection of the world that you created 
And if you got a bunch of shitty people, a bunch of lying people, a bunch of people causing drama in your life, it could be because you wanted that in your life. You put that in your life. And you got to look about what you can change in yourself. And that's coming from a personal experience. <laughs> Who do we want to go with this week? I say we go with Fresh because it's, it's February fucking 1st, Black History Month. Let's do that. It's February 1st. Happy Black History Month. Please get out there and learn something. There's black history being made all the fucking time. I'm pretty sure. I'm not sure. We got Google to Google. I don't know if The Rock ever won a Royal Rumble or not. But if not, I think Bianca Belair might be the first black person to ever win a Royal Rumble match. She's definitely the first black woman to do that. And I know you might not think wrestling of, uh, as a real history like I do. <laughs> but I think those are things worth fucking celebrating. She did a great fucking performance. She was amazing. It's a lot of black history going on all the time. People always want to quote the same three people. Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Marcus Garvey. And maybe you didn't even know about fucking Marcus Garvey. So get out there, learn some new things, especially if you're not black. It's fun. Do it before a black man is killed by a cop. So you look cool. <laughs> Everybody does it after a black guy is killed by a cop, but maybe learn about other cultures before because I have to. I have to learn about a lot of white stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I know if I say sweet Caroline every white person will say bop 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 <laughs> I know that The Rock won in 2000 oh, I think that would make them the only two black people to ever win a Royal Rumble and so that's amazing um, But it's, uh, and just read some fucking black art learn more history more people especially a lot of times they try to make black art and black experience all one thing and i'm gonna describe that as struggle and i don't like that shit there's black fucking richness there's black excellence there's black extravagance and there's black just fun and being happy and get out there and read about that shit learn about that shit as well read some langston hughes read some fucking oh my god listen just get out there and learn and today i'm very excited because i think we got a gentleman out there on making some black history himself out there creating his own brand creating his own lane our very first fashion designer on the show i said it to him in person and i say it on this intro i wanted him on this show because when i would watch i love lucy as a kid and as an adult and probably today before i take a nap I will always get tripped out by the fact that Lucille Ball's makeup person was Max Factor, the fucking person from the brand Max Factor. And I was like, man, from every giant ass behemoth like that, it all started with somebody an idea. And our, our guest today came from Memphis, came from uh little rock right he was saying from arkansas i believe is what he said hawson's looking at me blankly like he doesn't recall but we will find out in the podcast 
and he made his own way from being a single father from uh being out there in a place that's not known for being affluent for not being financially upward area and he is now one of the most sought after designers in the world uh he dresses people like uh Dwayne Wade uh Lena Waithe Anthony Anderson um like politicians have worn his stuff musicians actors uh basketball football everywhere and your boy wore his suit in his wedding which made me very happy uh we have our guest today is the one and only the legendary the amazing the driptacular fresh rich fresh enjoy it <laughs> what's up ron not much thank you for coming fresh appreciate you being here thank you for having me are you kidding me i'm 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 honored of course well i mean i think uh you know why i wanted you here but for the audience uh listening at home um i'll explain it to them the reason why i asked you on the podcast is that i'm trying to also build outside of my normal like stand-up comedians regular entertainers and just people who create and are uh doing things that I admire in general. And what I wanted to talk about with you was basically just how you, you know, you're, you're building your, your empire. You're very well known in the fashion business and you, um, to me, I'll just take, I'll just break it down on how I look at it is when I was a kid, I would watch, I love Lucy, my favorite show, love Lucille ball. And I would always trip out. That when they go through the credits via Lucy, they'd be like, I love uh, Lucille Ball's makeup artist, Max Factor. And I would be like, oh, the brand? And I was like, oh, that's a person. I never knew that was a person. And then I, and um, when I've seen your work and then I, you know, I made a purpose to purchase some of your work. I was like, when I see you, like, that's how I feel about your work. I like people are one day going to be like, oh, Rich Fresh is such a big brand. They're not even going to realize that Fresh is a person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, if you get a chance to sit down with someone like that, if you had a chance to sit down with someone like Versace or whoever you could, you would. And so I wanted to sit down and talk with you a bit about your journey. And I saw you having your Instagram live talking about, um, people who who may not have believed in your path at the time and it reminded me just so much to what i've been through and what so many people i know who have talked to on this podcast has been through and i thought it'd be you would be a perfect guest to have so i appreciate you being here man i appreciate it and, and i think it's it's right on time like you said you know stories our stories probably have so many different parallels and it's always good to get to get the story out to people you know people see from the outside in and they're like, oh, Ron Funches, you know, he's fucking doing voiceovers and he's the man and he's got podcasts and TV and woo, woo, woo. He's got his beautiful wife. He's got his great life. But there was a point in time where Ron Funches could have made one different decision and would not be where he is. And I think it's, it's, it's important for us to show people like the real shit that way. It, because there's somebody who is on the cusp of making a real shit decision or being like, ah, oh, fuck it, because it's supposed to happen easy, because it happened easy for Ron and for Rich Fresh. But when they hear it kind of suck for us, we just had to deal with it, and they realize, like, oh, shit, this is normal. So, yeah, I'm, I'm always, anytime I can share this story or just any type of inspiration in, in that space, I'm always game. 
Well, that's exactly what I was talking about. And, and, and so, yeah, you're fitting right in. Can you tell, um, I know you're, you're from Memphis originally and you got started mm-hmm. in, in Memphis. Could you tell us about your, your, your love of fashion and, and what, what got you into that? Yeah. Um, quick question. Is this a, is this a smoke friendly podcast? Oh, absolutely. I got, I got my bong out just in case you were about to ask. I'm, I'm grinding it up right now. I got to get some papers. Um, <laughs> um, and I got to ask my mom if she gives a Hey mom, can you do me a real quick? <laughs> <laughs> can you look at that bottle and go right there and grab some uh, papers? <laughs> Yeah, um, or 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 those little uh, wraps, whichever whichever you you get your hands on first. Um, so yeah, so my journey, um, it actually started in Little Rock. To be honest with you, you know, most people, I mean, Memphis Little Rock, you think it's not much of a difference. Surprisingly, there is. Uh, Little Rock is way more country than Memphis. Um, this country is shit. But I was, you know. Um, a big-minded kid in a small town, but, you know, my dad was real progressive. You know, my mom and dad, they came from, well, my mom came from, like, the big city. She came from St. Louis. So she had seen some shit. Um, my dad was just very, very, very optimistic. He was just one of them dreamer types. So um, I never even felt like I was in the, the, the country. It's fucking Little Rock, Arkansas in the 90s. So as you can imagine, it's not that much fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but... You know, I went to this cool school and a lot of the kids there dressed really nice. I didn't dress nice in middle school whatsoever. It was terrible. I was the second worst dressed kid in middle school. Who was the worst? This kid named Wardell Henson. If you're listening right now, shout out Wardell Henson. I I, I hope this shit is turning around for you. You were fucked up. I was fucked up, but you was fucked up. Um, (laughs) So, But I always liked real pretty girls. You know, it was always my thing, like, they did not like me because I was like real nerdy and shit. And I, I didn't dress real nice, but um, I always liked the pretty girl. So uh, I found fashion is like my my tool. You know, I'm not athletic. I, I was short. You know, I didn't even get tall until high school. But I found fashion is sort of like my um, my superpower. You know, I, I just researched the shit out of it. I read books. I just did whatever I could as a teenager because. I was like, damn, man, if I can figure out this fashion shit, I can get the girls. Because a real pretty girl told me that, that like, if I figure out the fashion shit, I can get the girls. And so I was hell bent on it. Um, and that just started like a lifelong love of fashion and like being able to create something that wasn't there before. And I, I figured out in high school that like, damn, you can actually rebrand yourself just by changing the clothes you wear, it makes people look at you different. Like, damn, that's fucking crazy. And I just, I fell in love with the idea of it so much. I decided I wanted to do that shit forever. So I've been on this since I was like 13 years old. Yeah. My, my entire life. That's real interesting to me. Cause I mean, to me, that's such the same way that people fall into sports or comedy or whatever it is. A lot of it is like, well, nobody's really fucking with me. Not that I'm not doing anything, but if I, you know, it's like for me, it's like, oh, if I can crack a joke and I could get this girl to talk to me. Um, and f- so I understand that completely. Um, what started your journey out, out of Little Rock? So, shit, my dad. Um, so in the 10th grade, um, my dad was in 
sales. So he was in pharmaceutical sales. He worked for the big bad AstraZeneca. Um, and so he had a, you know, they, they, he was really good at, really good at sales. And so they wanted to give him a bigger territory than Little Rock. So they gave him Memphis. And so um, at 15, we just uprooted and just moved to Memphis. And I had been studying this shit for like two years at this point. Like, man, fashion, fashion, fashion. I taught myself how to sew. No one knew about it, by the way. I just taught myself how to do it real covertly. And um, once we got to this new city, like I realized no one knows me here. So I can be whoever the fuck I want to be. Like no one's ever seen me before. So they don't, there's no preconceived concept of who I am. I'm not overcoming a stigma that I've built up. I can literally start brand new. And I decided like, I want to be the it kid. I, I, I want to be the dude that all the girls want and all the dudes want to be like. And I just crafted the image. And sure enough, first day of school, I was like, freshest kid at school. You know, and this is the second worst dress at his last school. The best dress at his new school. Got all the girls, one of the most popular kids in school. But I still, I was in AP classes. I had like a 3.8 GPA. So I was still real like nerdy and shit, but the girls didn't care. So I was like, okay, shit, well, I, this works. And I started doing it for other kids because they were seeing the result. I was having like, damn, how the fuck are you getting, like you're dating the girls that like date the ball players, but like you don't play sports. No one's ever done that. I was like, well, shit, man, look at the way I dress. Well, dude, help me out, bro. All right, bet, I'll help you out. So I started helping kids out, just like giving them cool concepts. And I found out that I was good at not just doing it for myself, but seeing it for other people. And I decided that, um, like, damn, man, I bet I could figure this out and make some money, but like change a bunch of lives in the process. And I just, um, I turned down on like over a dozen scholarship offers. Like I had a gang of full scholarship offers and I just turned them all down because it was just going to be some normal shit. I was going to be like a, a normal professional person, but I wouldn't be hitch. I wouldn't be the guy doing it for, for people, teaching them this thing. And um, that was it. And I just, you know, I started doing alterations because in Memphis, you know, it's not really a fashion place. And I wanted to figure out how to make money with with my sewing machine. Like if I can figure out how to get money with the sewing machine, then I'll figure out how to get more money. So I started doing that shit when I was like 19. And um, I just been hustling, man, just forever. And eventually left Memphis once it got too small for me, moved to the West Coast. Still hustling. It's just. There's a much bigger area for me to hustle in. And I've been practicing my hustle for a long time. So it's time to get to this money. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, yeah, I, I feel exactly, again, why I wanted to talk with you because it's a specific story that's unique to you. But at the same time, I feel like it fits in with, with, with any type of self-motivated, independent worker of that you find kind of what your superpower is it's not even necessarily what you want it to be it's kind of like you know i always said even to this day i'm like man i wish i could be i want to be the dramatic actor i want to be the i want to be the the wesley snipes i want to be the you know doing the action but i know what my power is my power is that i'm cute and i'm giggly and i'm fun and i'm gonna lean into what I, my power is and i tune that in and uh and for you it was fashion and it's like you you and then it's just like you said it's just grinding it out and figuring out your lane and moving forward 
Um, one of the things that I liked about when I was reading, doing the research about you, uh, sir, is uh, just kind of your view on, on luxury items and especially how it fits in the black community and how, and that's one of the main reasons I wanted to buy from you in the first place. I like the main, you said the reason why you named your company Rich Fresh, that's, that's how you wanted people to feel. You wanted them to feel rich and you wanted them to feel fresh. And I remember when I, when I when I started getting money, I was going to get my own show. I was like, I want to wear his clothes because they, when you, when I see people wear his clothes, they look cool and they look rich. And that's what I want. That's the, what I want to portray. What you did. I'm talking about seamlessly. Seem, no pun intended. You were seamlessly fresh. You, hey, 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 I might got three movie deals in one week. That's what you look like. <laughs> three days, one movie. Same day, actually. Yeah, I'm the same day. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, you know, for so often, we have only been able to ask permission to come through the back door to consume luxury. You know what I'm saying? We've never been the purveyor, the provider of luxury. We've only been the through the back door purchaser begrudgingly of fashion, you know what I'm saying? They're like, yeah. oh my God, we don't even fucking want you here, but whatever, we'll take your fucking money. Uh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. me, and I'm, I'm one of those people. Like, I like luxury. I like what it does. It makes you feel a certain way, even when you're broke. Like it, it, when you're broke and you're going to some place and you spend more money than most people can spend on something, I don't know what it is. It's like euphoric. It kicks something mm-hmm. off that lets you know that you're able to do more than you thought you could. Some goofy shit, but it's real. Um, but being able to provide that feeling for people is powerful uh, because, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm a creator. So it's real cool. like having people appreciate what I do, but it's real for me, it's real powerful because it's hard for anything black to be deemed luxury in America. We've just, we've fucked that up. Like for some, somehow or another, you know, whether it's Jim Crow or some some psychological mindfuck, we have minimized the value of black, even like the black community. You know what I'm saying? Like we we hear a black someone, oh man, hook me up, oh, man, man. You know what I'm saying? Fuck with me, dog. You know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, man, hook a brother up. You know we think, hey, man, you supposed to come in deal, nigga. You you know what I'm saying? Like you you you're a black. You know what I'm saying? Uh, and you tell them like, no, nah, bro, you you can get a Tom Ford suit before you can get something from Rich Fresh. Mm. what the nerd but the fact that it's so accepted it's turned into like okay no i mean this shit's dope okay he said it okay and it's like the black community has 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 jumped on it before anyone else like the black community really is like they are they champion me like i am a majority of my customers are you know black elite just people who really appreciate what I'm doing, which is unusual in the luxury space. Usually, like you, you would think, man, I got to find a whole bunch of white consumers to get black consumers to value what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I've been able to do it the proper way and still like stay true to myself, stay true to the core of my brand. And I've got a nice white consumer base as well who are still in the luxury space and respected as luxury. But I was able to do it my way, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, and that like you said that is is rare because they even look at someone 
at who is universally respected and, and especially black respected is Dave Chappelle. But a lot of people don't recall that he had to make his bones with the white audience first. Most of his, he always had those jokes that 90% of my audience is white at the time before it took him getting the Chappelle show, getting the show canceled before the black community truly started to embrace him as the legend that he is. And yeah, for you to be able to do what you've done, I think is extremely rare. But I also think, um, for myself, because the thing that you brought up, I think it is a reaction to the fact that you you do, especially if, when you are spending on a luxury item, and as you put it before, that there is just something about it, and especially, like, I don't like things just because they're expensive. I like things when they're quality. Like, so when you know that something's quality and you know something has its worth and it's set its value, it's, it's, it's just something that you want, something that you want to obtain. And I think a lot of times, we, we, we a lot of us, have those experiences of going to the store and then being like oh how can i help you are you just are you just hanging out you just trying to get out of the rain for a little bit i think that's what sometimes someone told me when i walked into a store like that and then my old ways used to be like okay now i'm gonna spend double just to show your ass that you you had me fucked up when i walked in there but then i'm like i got the wrong mindset because now i'm helping that guy commission you're rewarding it you know what I'm saying? But that's, that's again, that's how we've been mindful. Because, I mean, think about it, dude. It's the rights era. Like, we don't want to sell you no goddamn pie. You know what? I want you to sell me that pie. In fact, I'm going to come in here and possibly get my ass kicked. Because I want you to sell me your pie. And I'm going to come in here and give you my money I work really, really, really hard for. And I make a tenth of what this guy next to me. But I'm going to bring it here just to prove to you I can get your goddamn pie. As opposed to Finding someone that looks like you who can make the goddamn pie better and giving the money to them. It's not, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, it's 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 conditioning. We're conditioned to want to prove our worth to those who minimize it. You know what I'm saying? Um, and it, it is a mental thing because there are people who would probably appreciate your value. And unfortunately, you might find yourself pandering more towards the person who doesn't appreciate your value to get them to do what this audience is already doing. They already appreciate you, but you won't put more energy into, well, I know, I know, I know, but you know, y'all ain't going nowhere. I want to get these motherfuckers that don't want me here in the first place. So it's all psychological, bro. It's, it's, it's just crazy. It's just, I mean, like, dude, even, you know, after what happened with Gucci, you know what I'm saying? Like, I didn't appreciate it. You know, I had to get rid of all my Gucci. That shit pissed me off. Um, I can't tell you how many black people I've seen going into this. To, I'm talking about to buy double time. I'm going to buy double time just to prove to you that it's okay. I don't mind. You know, but look, look, look. I'm, 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 you know what I'm saying? It's just like, why? Why? Like they just did something that's super duper duper offensive. And you want to come in tomorrow, the very next day, spending twice the bag you've ever spent to prove your value to someone who thinks that you're inferior. That's stupid to me. Um, so, but a lot of, a lot of us have that illness. Yeah. <laughs> 
So you had to fight through. Is again, that was one of the reasons I started to seek you out. I wanted to get away from that mindset. I wanted to feel good when I spent my money, and I wanted to feel, you know, happy and and valued in spending it. And I think that's just a lesson. Whether you apply it to buying clothes or you apply it to you where you work or you apply it to your relationship, um, so many people have that of like. You'd rather prove it to the person who doesn't see your value as opposed to fuck with the people who 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 do understand you and who do rock with you no matter what. And I think um, just me, that just Mark getting mature, more mature and growing up is getting away from that. And I think I've done that in, in the way I spend my money and just and also the way who I choose I, to spend my time with. Absolutely. But I mean, like you said, it, it's. It takes maturity. Um, it takes just seeing, it's just like grass is greener type of shit. You've got green grass, but you've seen it for so long. It's like, damn, but that over there from a distance, it's going to take more work to cultivate that. You've done such a great job cultivating. You know, it's, I mean, the guys do that shit in their relationships. You know, they, they, they get this thing that they, they wanted and they get it. And now it's like amazing. There's this other shit out there that's not paying them any attention. They can give a shit. But I want to see if I have value out there, too. I mean, I know I have value over here, but I want to see if I also have value out there. Let me see if I still got it. This stupid shit. Um, There's a lot of, you know, bullshit that we watch on TV or things that we're fed by the people around us. Um, But, you know, it's all... I mean, we, 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 we do it to ourselves unless we realize it is what we're doing mm-hmm. and we stop and we make conscious decisions. To remove yourself from that cycle. And uh, one thing that always kind of breaks me out of that even, and not necessarily relationships, but anything, it's just like always reminding myself, like it costs so much just to maintain. It, it costs so much just to maintain where you're at that when people want to make sharp turns when they want to cross over and do something different. It's just like, that's, it's just, it never works out well. It's like trying to cross three lanes of traffic is you're going to end up track, you know, wrecking your car. Might as well just keep staying in your lane and trying to maintain and headed the direction you're, you're going, you know? I mean, unless you're going into a brick wall, you're going to a brick wall. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? You got to shift lanes quick, but like, you know, like that guy in traffic, who is like, meow, choo, 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 and they're zipping like a motherfucker. And you're like, dude, what's going on? And this person just zipping. They're going three lanes over, and then they're here for a second, and they bounce over again. And then it's like Frogger. But then you look up in like two minutes, and they're still next to you. Because in doing all that shit, they caught a slow, and then they had to move over again. It's like you did all that shit to still be right here. You could have just set your goofy ass right here and still been right here. You're doing all this unnecessary shit. You know, a lot of people just do a lot of unnecessary shit. Um, <laughs> That's true. Um, I want to talk about you've been able to do um, a lot of adapting through the pandemic and things. And, and you and what I also like is continue to um, help people and, and starting your, your company with your Henry Mass company. And um, 
you just talk a little bit about that and what that's meant for you? And I think, I mean, it's just been really cool to see it for me, just see it start off with you posting about it and then seeing, you know, Russell Westbrook wearing it, seeing people all over the place rock wearing them and, and, um, and also promoting safety. So um, I just want you to talk a little bit about that, if you don't mind. Yeah, uh, very necessary shit. Like, you know, um, I had no idea that we would be in the mass. It's the last furthest thing from any idea of reality. But we realized that there was a shortage in the market and people could not get this thing. And if we wanted to, we could produce it. And I just thought that every other mask up, every single one. And um, I just felt an obligation. Like, you know, we're smart enough to figure this out. We kind of have a responsibility to do so. And if we do it right, we can become financially successful in the market. So now we have a responsibility to use that success to help some people who are going to be affected negatively by all this. I mean, it's affecting all of us, but some of us are making money during this situation. Henry happens to be one of those things, but there are a lot of people who are losing money during this thing. They don't have a business that they've started. They had a job they relied on that is no longer, you know, they had some resource that no longer exists and they have to adapt and they haven't figured it out. So we wanted to be sure to use our success to also help those less fortunate so we could feel good about being successful during an absolute fucking meltdown. You know, it, it affects your soul to just be at a money grab and you just eat and eat and eat and everyone around you cannot eat. There's nothing wrong with eating. If you're also dedicated to making sure that, okay, take this portion of what we're eating and make sure that you spread it over here so that they can eat. And then let's take some more and let's just consistently do that. Now I feel good about eating because we're still making it a point to see to it that other people are eating. So it, it, it's, it's been really good for us. Um, you know, it's been really cool seeing everybody respond to it because, you know, having all these super superstars we're talking superstars i'm not talking about a college basketball you know point guard like someone who's dope which again that'd be cool no disrespect but russell westbrook lebron james chris paul kyle kuz jordan clarks anthony and you know what i'm saying it's like some of the biggest stars in the world have just taken to this thing we're not paying them to do this they just like the product. They like what it represents. So that's been powerful for us because, again, it's showing the value of what we were talking about earlier. It, 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 they can wear anything that they want. These guys are wealthy and they're influential. They can get access to anything they want. They've chosen to support this. They made a conscious decision. I want to support this black operation that's doing this really cool thing for the world and for the community. I want to support this. You know, so that, that's been very uh, heartfelt. So if they're listening to this, I really appreciate it. Um, we appreciate it because, you know, I mean, you, you can't even pay for that shit, man. So that's love. Um, and again, you know, it speaks to the fact that we really did a good job of creating a nice product. It was really important for us to not just make a mask. You know, we saw a lot of people just doing what everyone else is doing. Cookie cutter shit or just order from China, slap some colors on it and shit, whatever. We wanted to do something unique to the market that solved the problem. I hate the little nose pinch metal shit. I hate the shape of them. I hate something that touches your mouth. I hate something that you can't 
alternate between wearing around your ears or behind your head. It's like all these different problems that we were seeing. We just decided to make something that solved it. This mask doesn't touch your mouth. This mask doesn't need the metal nose bridge. You can wear it behind your ears. You can wear it behind your head. You can wash it. You can reuse it. Like we solved a bunch of problems and made it something beautiful that's unique and people like it. So um, I'm, 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 I'm grateful, you know, I'm grateful to be in this position. I love it. And I think that's like the perfect spot, right? When you're providing something that people need and also um, it is fashionable and it is also a value and something profitable for you. And I think that um, that's the sweet part. So many people don't care about the, they only care about one part of it, how much money it makes or anything. What, what gives you that balance, especially in an industry that's pretty known for being vapid and only really like caring about superficial things? What what gives you that groundedness and that that balance that you seem to carry with you? Um, you know, my dad was a minister. Um, you know, my dad was a minister. My mom was a teacher. So it's always been about other shit. You know, it's never just been about, you know, if my dad was just if my dad was a real estate tycoon and my mom was an attorney, maybe I'd have a different outlook. But. They weren't, you know, we, we knew missionaries. So we were like in that space. So I don't have a problem with capitalism. I'm not one of those people that's like opposed to capitalism. And oh my God, you, I know people who, who are like that. Oh my God, you're making money. You're, you're bad. It's the fuck? <laughs> that's stupid. But at the same time, I understand that there's a balance. And, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm a godly person. I understand that God respects balance and God uh, respects, you know, and honors those who, find ways to put others before them, you know? And I mean, when you're giving a product that costs money to make, that's your product, that's your profit. You know, the government's not giving us grant money to do this. We're taking our profit money. And we've decided to make it the core of our business model to take our resources to give it back. You know, it's, it's sort of like an, an offering, you know, it's like, that's it's what you give God. You give God back part of what you get. You know what I'm saying? So, um, for us, it's just, you know, it, it's simple and it just makes sense. And, you know, I mean, we saw Tom. So we've been inspired by other brands who have done pivotal things in that space. Tom's could have just sold shoes. Those are dope shoes. They could have just not said shit about giving <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, they could have just said, yo, we got some dope shoes. But they said, hey, we also recognize that there's a problem out here. So we're going to take part of what we do to help solve a problem. I thought that was really cool. Um, being socially conscious. That's the first time I heard like socially conscious business. Like, oh, well, that's cool. So how do you build a business that has that social consciousness? You know, like, wow, <clears throat> you say what you want to. Oh, my God, look at them. They made $100 million during the pandemic. Absolutely. But, man, we donated tens of millions of masks. You know what I'm saying? We fed communities. We donated money. We did so much. You feel good. You feel balanced. You know what I'm saying? You feel right. Like this is, it feels good. You know, you can sleep at night um, and, and you just feel like, like, you know, God's always going to be in a position to, to continue rewarding you. Yeah. Well, I think it just, it just makes more common sense that it would feel better to be able to provide for yourself and then also provide for others than as opposed to 
oh, I'm suffering too because I wasn't able to provide because I chose not to provide or I didn't uh, use the, take advantage of my gifts to provide. I'm suffering too, which somehow sometimes people consider more noble. To me, that's that's ridiculous. If you have these skills and you have the ability to make money at a time where it's hard to do, that's when you should do it the most. You know, that's why a lot of people didn't with even with this podcast, people would be like, well, how are you optimistic now? How are you being positive now? And I was like, well, it's easy to have faith when things are going easy. You know, like what is the, when you have faith, when things aren't going as well, that that's the name of the game. That's the job. Yeah, that's the real test. You know, that's the real test. I mean, oh, my goodness. <clears throat> you know, everybody's everybody's with you when it's, when it's smooth. Everything's smooth when it's smooth. Can you still stay committed to it when it when when you hit that bump? Most will not. Most literally are not equipped to. They won't do it. <clears throat> but those who can, you know, it's like I, I, I always had this philosophy. You know, it takes a certain thing to to actually be successful. Uh, everybody wants to be successful, just like everybody wants to win the fucking lottery. If you ask everybody, if if, if you took a hundred people from the room and said, hey. Who in this room would love to win the lottery? Every single hand's gonna raise. Absolutely. Uh, who in here <clears throat> is gonna buy, you know, a thousand dollars worth of tickets every single week out of your own money and do all this goopy shit and boom, 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 and stand in line. And if you do this for like, you know, two years straight, whoa, what the yeah. fuck? <laughs> yeah. Wait, yeah. What? Now you different. <laughs> Now you gave me a cheat code. You didn't. You gave. You guaranteed me something, but you told me it's gonna take me two years of work and goofy shit and and sacrifice. Nah, I don't want to do that shit. That's how most people are towards success. They want it, but they're not willing to stay up late to spend their money when they're already broke and then not get shit from it and still spend more. Most people aren't willing to do that, so they aren't worthy of the thing. You know, the end result should only go to the person who's shown themselves worthy of the thing. So. No, I agree with that. Just in fact, and those are things I've, um, I often repeated to myself when I was at my lowest, when I was trading in things to pay money to get to a gig or things like that. And I would, I would repeat like, like, Oh, it's called sacrifice for a reason. It's supposed to suck. It's supposed to hurt. It's supposed yeah. to feel like, what the fuck am I doing right now? Like you, you, it, that's why it's called a sacrifice. And, um, that got me through a, a, a lot of that, but yeah, um, you tell, you know, a lot of people you want, you, you can get somewhere in entertainment, but people me all the time, they hit me up cousins, family or whatever. And they're like, well, how'd you do it? But I was like, well, you know, I did open mics of this. And then I would take a spirit airlines trip to this festival. And then I had to come back at six in the morning so I could be home for my son and do this and that. And, um, you know, you got to get up at 7am to get your son to school, but you got to be in bed by one because you got that late night comedy store set. But if you want to do it, we could, you know, and nobody, nobody wants to do all that, you know? But but when you but I think when you meant for it and you do want to do it, it 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 doesn't feel like that much work. It feels kind of like a big fun. It's a it's the parts of stress to it, but it's more of an at least for me. It's it's never not felt like an adventure. I, I always felt like um even when I was at a job I hated when I was working at the bank call center. I was like oh, 
Okay, I get it. I have the same stress of like, how am I going to take care of my son? How am I going to pay my bills every month? But at least now I'm in charge. I'm the boss. I'm picking a nice schedule. I'm deciding how hard I hustle to go get a gig as opposed to waiting for somebody to drop off a check for me. You know what I'm saying? And again, it takes that sacrifice because it's so uncertain. You know, there's no certainty. It's so uncertain, which means you're going to sleep because it's like there's no one making that food for you in the morning. And if, and, 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 if, and if you go to the table like this, you're fucked. You go to the table like this, sitting around waiting, where's this food I'm supposed to get? You better get your ass out there. You got to go. You got to plant some shit. Oh, damn. You thought you just had some food in the fridge. No, you got to go plant it. Now you got to wait for it to, you know what I'm saying? It might take longer than you thought for it to harvest, you know, so it takes a certain thing. Like I did, I did this goofiest shit in the world. Like I was in, I should have fallen off. Um, I was in a, I was in a shelter. I was in a homeless shelter, and the money that I was, like you know, I mean, I, I was still like working and shit. Like during the day, I try and go out and just hustle up, just like do whatever I could. But it was never enough money. Um, but once I kind of like figured out what I was gonna do to get out. I was selling clothes and taking the money instead of taking this money and getting out of the shelf. I was taking this money and making more clothes so I could put them on the ground. Cause I just had this idea, like I bet, you know, like I'm an introvert and I don't, I don't really, at that point, I didn't really know a lot of people. I was like, I bet if I do this shit and I do it the right way, people don't know my, my, my environment. They don't know about that shit. But I bet if I do this consistently enough, someone's going to say, I got to have those. And they'll pay whatever I say. And I can do that enough and I'll get myself out of here. And I can take this money and flip it enough. Like, I never got any investors, you know. I, I never got any, like, business loans or any shit like that. This is just like a, a, an idea from zero. I bet if I do this shit enough and reinvest and flip, I'll fuck around and make millions of dollars. You know, it's going to take some like, you got to be real on your shit. You ain't got no, you ain't got no fuck up room. The wolves are at the door. You know what I'm saying? But I could have said, oh man, but, man, but you know, like, no, nah, man, I'm going to take this money and I'm going to, use it to get this apartment so I can feel normal. I want to feel like everyone else and fuck it. I'll, I'll just, I'll have to figure it out. Maybe I'll just go get a job because someone offered me a job. I'll just take the job and, and, you know, I'll just get back around to it at some point. Nah, that's not my idea, man. I, I, I want to be this, I want to be my own thing and this shit fucking sucks, but this is about as bad as it'll ever get. So like, let me like keep, I mean, I'm already here. You know what I'm saying? Let me just fuck. Let me just let me gamble this shit, man. Let's fuck, man. Go all in. The worst that can happen is I'm right back here where I'm at right now. No one even knows. Like, let's do this shit. So it just takes like that type of thing. Like, man, fuck it. It don't even make no sense. Ron, why? Why are you doing all this shit? Ron, just take this damn job, bro. What are you doing? You got a kid. You got a nah, man, because I bet I can do this thing one day that that doesn't exist. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like you've done some shit that didn't exist. You know what I'm saying? Like I've yeah. I, I've driven I've driven down Melrose and seen your face on a billboard. You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Because you wanted it. No, and that, I mean, I can even, I have a, a story that's not the same, but similar in the, um, like my whole early 18s, 20, when I had my son and I lived in this, uh, the, the shittiest of apartment complex in a little place called Salem, Oregon. And it was a very ghetto apartment complex. And I'm not saying that, um, it was because they wanted it to be, because there's a lot of drugs going on. Um, you know, it's mostly white community. So that always would make me laugh when it's like, it's not like the government has denied you access to things like you guys are choosing to be ghetto right now. And that always would make me laugh. And so I would try to escape this place all the time and be like, okay, let's find another apartment, find another apartment. At the same time, I'm trying to do my stand up, and we would move out, have to, and then we'd end up back there. And it wasn't until I was like, you know what? Fuck it. This is where I live. This is where I'm going to be until I figure it out. I'm not like my wife at the time, my my ex-wife, my first wife, she was like, she had a different mindset. And she would even be like, oh, let's let's just move to another place. We'll rent some furniture. What is it? And I'm like, I'm not renting furniture. I'm not fucking up my credit to rent some furniture. I'm not going to go get some subpar shit that I can get for twice the price. We'll get some furniture when I have the money to flat out buy that furniture. And then we'll get out of this apartment when I got the money to move us to L.A. and go to another place. And until then, I don't want to like worry about it. We're going to just make this work. And, and we didn't make that marriage work. But once I had that mindset, I swear that was the thing that when doors started opening up, my career started going better because I started to accept where I was and stop trying to fight everything and being like, oh, I deserve better than this. I shouldn't have to do this. I shouldn't have to say, you know, and it's just like, no, this is where you are, motherfucker. This is where you at the Patton Oswald, whose birthday it is today. One of the best quotes I heard at that time when I was in my early twenties, like wherever you are is wherever where you're supposed to be. So if it's shitty, that's on you, and that's where you're supposed to be. And find the lesson in that. And and when I accepted that, my my life kind of took off. Yeah, absolutely. Like very like. That's exactly what it is, you know, and you sometimes you have that moment of self-pity where you do feel like because I ain't gonna lie. I felt like this is fucked up. I shouldn't be here. I'm too good looking. I'm too talented. This is fucked up. This is not my fault. Someone else did this shit to me. You know what I'm saying? Like stupid shit. But then once like your higher consciousness kicks in and you realize, you know what, if I maintain this mentality, I'm stuck here because that means I don't have the power to get out. But if I take responsibility and realize it, eh, I probably had a hand in getting me. I mean, I was driving the car that got me to the destination. You know what I'm saying? I can't just say it's because of the road. I did drive this motherfucker here. So mm. once you figure that out, then you realize that, oh, but that also means I can drive myself out of here. If I drive myself here, I can just drive myself out of here. If I'm waiting for someone else because I'm giving someone else power, woe is me. I shouldn't be here. This is fucked up. I'm waiting for someone to get me out of this shit. This is crazy. I got all these people around me who should be taking care of me or, or helping me out and no one is helping me out. Oh, this is crazy. Um, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Giving up your personal power. Yeah, you give it up. But sometimes it takes that type of shit to realize your personal power. You know? Absolutely. 
Well, man, we're going real quick, but I really enjoyed talking with you, but I want to make sure we get in the, the main staples of my podcast. I just want to ask you a bit about um, what some of your goals right now. What are you focusing on with your company, with your personal life, with your spiritual life, whatever you're willing to share with us. We're just very goal oriented here. So I just want to hear about what you're working on. I love it. Um, well, you know, I have the two companies. I've got Henry Mask, uh, shout out Henry, and I've got Rich Fresh, shout out Rich Fresh. Um, for Henry, you know, we're doing so much. Like the, the, the business is growing so quickly. Um, we've got uh, some schools that we're sponsoring. So we're getting into that space we really want to be in, like making sure the kids are straight. So that feels really good. Um, we're relaunching the website really soon. So it's just a really new face and look up the brand. Um, we're, you know, we got a lot of stores that are, that, are, that are picking up. Like we sold out of Nordstrom. So that's been awesome. They're really tapped in. We're starting to, you know, tap in with a lot of other big retailers. So we're just seeing really explosive growth. So just, you know, taking that thing and driving it where it's supposed to go. Uh, very excited for, for everything that's going on with, with Henry. Um, with Rich Fresh, again, a lot more of the same, you know, cultivating this image of, you know, Cool, cool luxury. You know what I'm saying? The the Mr. Cool ethos. And who is Mr. Cool? Mr. Cool wears Rich Fresh. Um, and then creating a product that people can buy online. Like, as you you know, like, in order to get Rich Fresh, you got to see the man, you know, um, which is a really cool thing. You know, obviously, it's, it's really cool. It helped me build the value in the brand. But now we're at the point where people should be able to just consume this at will. Uh, or at least they should be able to consume something from my mind uh, at will. So now we're building that out uh, so that people can have rich, fresh in their closets. It's, it's only fair. It just makes sense. Um, you know, I got, I got some really cool bags that's coming out. Shout out the bags. I was showing, but it's just better to just wait. They're just so, so amazing. A lot of really cool things. I love it. I love it. I love it because you because this, this that balance we're talking about when we're talking about your life, your family, and yourself. You're very, very soft spoken, and when you start talking about fashion, you start talking about what you created. That ego pops out. I fucking I love it. I love it. It's it's so much of just like what I do. I mean, you know, I'm I'm single. You know, um, I've got a teenage daughter. You know, she lives in New York, so I'm not so involved in like the day to day. So a lot of my energy is just spent on, you know, what am I doing with these things, you know, so I can, um, so I can let them, let them do their thing and then tap in and, and, and have a lot more personal. I don't do a whole lot of personal shit, uh, which I have to work on gaining that balance. And that's a big goal for this year is to just gain more personal balance. I've become very much of a machine. You know, I just, from the time my eyes open to the time they close, I'm focused 95% on the bag. It's, it's all like business. Uh, and, you know, it's just time to figure out a nice, healthy balance. Yeah. I mean, yeah, no, no, no man is a machine. You, you burn out eventually and you got to, you got to be able to, to um, enjoy all the stuff that you've been building. So yeah. definitely. All right. Well, I just got one more question to ask you, and that is just for uh, just a little piece of advice, just a little um, random nugget of wisdom, maybe something passed down to you from your family, maybe something you just working on recently, just something 
that can help our getting better community to get better. One of the biggest lessons I learned when I was at my lowest, and even when I've been at really great points, it's the same thing. Thoughts become things. You know, thoughts become things. That is the core of everything that ever is. It's thought. So control your thought. Understand the power of your thought. They will take life. Whether you think in the negative or the positive, it will become your reality. That's just the way the universe works. So thoughts become things. And whatever you think consistently and you work diligently towards has to become your reality eventually. I think that's just a simple truth. That's a simple truth. That's what, you know, believe it to achieve it type of thing. Uh, that, yeah, that's the thing that I, that's why I'm a big, just, I do not take negative self-talk in my household, whether it's with anyone in my house, you know, um, if I was dating someone to my wife now, my son, like, you know, no one's allowed to put themselves down, call themselves an idiot, doing things like that, because that's the same thing I believe that you tell yourselves something enough. Our minds are so powerful that you you shape that into a reality. And so I, it's a lot easier to tell yourself, uh, you know, hey, I just made a mistake than to call yourself an idiot. You know, absolutely. Like, I got a weird one. I don't apologize. Like, I don't say the words I'm sorry, because mentally it puts you beneath something. You know, and it could be for something as insignificant as knocking over something or spilling something. Oh, my God, I'm so sorry. It's like eh, you just put yourself beneath the thing as opposed to just resolving the issue and saying, oh, my goodness. Oh, let me let me get this up. You know, it's like it's, it's little things. And, and we're so preconditioned to do things. There are people who apologize for shit they didn't even do. But you're putting yourself beneath the thing in the like you're saying it out loud. I just feel like that mean something. So, you know, it also puts me in a place where I have to like, tr- I, I have to consciously live a certain way. So that I don't need to apologize. I just, <laughs> I don't do a bunch of stupid shit. And if I do something, it's like very, you know, deliberate. And if it's off, I just accept it. There's no need in like, there's no, I, I'm sorry. Like, it's like, oh, it is what it is. Let's get it resolved. Boom. I just like being in that space of like, Solution driven. I'm sorry. It's just like it's an unnecessary comma. Like fuck that comma. Let's just let's get to it. Yeah, it's more of a present mindset. They're like, well, this is what we have to work with now. This is what we received, yeah. and, and we're still grateful for what we got. Yep. Exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, um, I don't know what you want. I mean, we talked a lot about your companies. Is there anything you want to tell people where they can find you? If you want to follow Instagram, Twitter, or whatever. Or um, I know you. What? That, sorry, that I never got to see your Quibi show. I was excited about that. I was real excited about that, and they were excited. They were whenever I talked to them, they would always talk to me about that. But I'm hoping you know maybe another network, somebody else, somebody will figure out that they need to put you on on, on camera because you're you're very uh magnetic uh, personality well, thank you man i mean you know you you that, that means a lot coming from you um yeah i mean you know there's possibly something maybe kind of perhaps see uh you know I, I don't know but maybe i know how that i know how that goes <laughs> <laughs> but you know we'll, we'll see at some point they're gonna get me on the big screen it just has to happen um 
in terms of where you can find me, you can find me at richfresh.com or richfresh on Instagram. It's spelled the same way it sounds. And also you can find us at henrymask.com, also spelled the same way it sounds. And on Instagram at henrymask, plural. So henrymasks, that's the Instagram. Um, You know, we're just um, grateful to be here, you know. I'm grateful to be present at this time, doing what we're doing in the universe. I think it's super cool. Uh, I can't wait to, you know, to do more. Uh, I really appreciate you having me on here, man. This is this is, this is a really great talk, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's a true pleasure. I mean, I, I appreciate it and I'm grateful for your time. And and, and I, I'm aware, again, I'm just aware of your value. And for the people who may, who may not know, I'll just, since we were, you were two miles before, we'll just run down a quick thing for a man who, who is dressed as people as Lena Wade, Draymond Green, Dwayne Wade, just stars of all magnitude, whether it's sports, entertainment, Anthony Anderson. That's how I kind of started looking up to finding you because I noticed all the people's who careers i was looking up to was wearing you and so i was like if i want to head in that direction i need to do that too and so it's really a true pleasure to to get to know you a little better and to talk with you and i'm excited for my future to have more more gigs and more money so that i can buy more rich fresh hey blessings my brother absolutely just speak it it's that simple just tell the universe what it's gonna be baby this is what it's gonna be all right I'll do whatever it takes, but let's get to it. That's it, man. That's it. Appreciate your time, Fresh. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you guys for listening. Bye. <laughs>